I have good news and bad news. What would you like to hear first? The good news is, is that when we're done here, we're going to have a nice meal provided for us. And everyone's welcome to stay and enjoy that meal. And just keep in mind that we want our guests to be able to um, go to the meal first. So uh, when we're through here, um, just keep that in mind. Second, we're going to take an offering, when, again, when we're through to um, support the ministry there. So keep that in mind. And as you heard, you can make your checks payable to Minnesota Teen Challenge. The bad news is, is that you're stuck with me <laughs> for about 15 minutes, okay? Maybe a little longer. But um, we don't want these gentlemen to leave without hearing the word preached. They gave us their testimony, but part of it, what it means to worship Jesus on a Sunday morning is to hear the word. So that's what we're going to do. So if you have a Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is where we're going to be, page 818 in the church Bibles. And while you're turning there, I just want to extend my own welcome and thanks to the men there. And and, um, it's very humbling to hear the testimonies and to see how Jesus changes people because, frankly, Jesus is the only one, right, that can change people um, ultimately. So 2 Corinthians 4, I'm actually going to read verse 18 of chapter 3. Let's let's get started. Um, And then chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And by the way, that's written in um, the um, indicative, which means this is it. This is going to happen for every Christian. Uh, Verse 1, chapter 4. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception. Nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting the truth forth, the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasures in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. 
Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Amen. Just a brief prayer, please. Father, will you please help us now by the power of the Holy Spirit and um, Jesus be glorified and all of us be helped. Amen. To, to lose heart, which is there in verse 1 and again in verse 16 and, and five times total in the New Testament means to weaken, to grow weary in, to be tired of, to have no courage, to neglect the performance of one's duty, to fail, to fulfill one's responsibility. So it's the opposite of the great Christian word perseverance or the other great Christian word endurance. And God, through the pages of his Bible and the New Testament specifically, is always warning his people that our perseverance could stop, that our endurance could end. In fact, we could all, verse 16, give up and lose heart. So maybe we've been a Christian for a number of years, but we've lost heart. The sense of love for Jesus Christ and the love for his work and and the obedience and the thankfulness and the worship and the service is almost gone. And so we're not turning away from the faith. We're not not being Christian, but we become uninterested in the church and uninterested in Jesus Christ. So we've become a bit apathetic. We've gone on to other things so that our greatest joy and our highest thought is no longer Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is still a joy and is still a thought, but not the higher of either. You're moral, you're good, but you're only good for goodness sake. And that could be one part of the makeup of the person who loses heart who has grown weary, who has no courage and neglects their Christian duty. However, that is not what Paul is referring to here. The person that Paul is referring to here is the person who's thick in gospel work and who is taking a pounding for Jesus Christ. He's taking a pounding for their public witness and personal work for Jesus Christ. Intense hardship. He is suffering physically, and he's suffering mentally, and he's in danger of losing heart. And again, they, of course, still believe the gospel, but they just don't believe that it can make the change that they thought it could make at first. So the responsibilities could be ignored. Duty ceases. Courage is gone. They've learned to live with discouragements and disappointments and things not being quite as good as they hoped to be in their gospel work. And again, they are in danger, verse 16, of losing heart. Because of this, then, the Bible tells us, one, this is normal, and it could happen to all of us. This is a kind of, if you would, a spiritual infection that comes in the body on occasion. So that common people like you and common people like me, uh, we, we would have to deal with this. Because by nature, we're sinful people, and by nature, we find it so much easier to quit than persevere. It's much easier to give up than to endure. So this is a problem for all of us. And you could be this way, or you could know somebody this way. And so what's incredible here is that the medicine that Paul gives us, 
uh, the antibodies, if you would, that we need here to cure us, and you should have picked this up when I was reading, is smack dab in the gospel. It's the gospel itself. It's the gospel work itself. It's actually dying to self. So what we're going to do in just the next few minutes is we're going to follow God's line as given to us by Paul so that none of us will lose heart. So if we do not want to lose heart, or if we're in the middle of losing heart, here's the medicine. Number one, value the ministry that brings you your righteousness and brings you your ministry. You see verse 1, and I hope your Bibles are open, verse 1, chapter 4, therefore since God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. So the first question you should ask is what is the therefore, therefore? Well, it's there because Paul said in chapter 3 that this gospel who brings him righteousness, who makes him righteous, that's chapter 3, verse 9. This gospel which was unveiled by God's grace and now chapter 3, verse 18 is working in me in such a way that I'm actually a reflection of the Lord's glory. His radiance, in other words. I'm becoming more and more an ever-increasing measure like Jesus, and God's doing it through Christ by His Spirit. So since I'm a Christian by God's grace, since Jesus has given me His righteousness and the ministry of righteousness, He's not finished. He's actually given me, in mercy, verse 1, a ministry. So think of it this way. If there's someone that you greatly admire for years, maybe in your field, wherever you work or your profession, and they called up and said, hey, I'd like you to come work for me. Most of us would be like, hey, when do I start? Well, loved ones, think on this. The Christian, by way of God's mercy, has been given a this ministry. It's the ministry of reconciliation. It's gospel ministry. So Paul's first medicine that he gives himself is to think, think, think. This is how he's not going to lose heart. I don't lose heart, verse 1, because God saved me. He gave me the very righteousness of Christ, and he's given me a ministry. And guess what? Chapter 3, verse 18, do you see it there? The whole force of the Trinity is involved in this ministry which Jesus Christ has given me. I mean, that's a big deal. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, Paul says, I don't lose heart. Now just stay with me. This is what Paul is saying. God in mercy planned for my salvation. Jesus in mercy put himself forward for my salvation. The painful death of Jesus on the cross was the means to construct my salvation. The grace of God gave me salvation. And wonder upon wonder, in my salvation, I was given a work by God through Jesus that I'm called to do. Now, how is a thinking, rational person supposed to behave knowing that such mercy has been given? What is a person supposed to do with such mercy? Paul says, this is what I do. Chapter 4, verse 1, I don't lose heart. I stay in the work. I don't give up. That's number one. Value the ministry that Christ brings you, your righteousness, and brings you the ministry. Number two, value what's happening to your soul more than what's happening to your body. Verse 10, you see it there? We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be also revealed in our mortal body. Now, the imagery that Paul is, is moving, uh, uses is moving because he's talking about the death of Jesus Christ. And so, in one sense, we could say that every one of us in this room right now are the walking dead. We are either walking dead, number one, we are either the ones who, who have lost heart 
and we're trying to keep our life by saving our life. So the first line of thought that we have about our life is us first. What, how do things appear to me? And so we're not carrying in our body the death of Christ. We're actually carrying in our body another body, and it's you. And so you begin to systematically untie yourself to, and this could be over the years, or this could be in a moment, you untie yourself to gospel work, to gospel mission. That's walking dead number one. But walking dead number two is far better. This is the ministry of death. This is gospel ministry carried in our body. This is the death of Christ. So we who are living are always being, as Christians who are in the work, we're exposed to death. Now, most of us, not loss of life, we understand that. But we lose stuff for the gospel ministry. We lose money for the gospel ministry. We put away our earthly ambition and we set aside our, our earthly reputation for gospel ministry. Because when you take Jesus out into the public square, not, only, not everybody loves him and not everybody loves you. So Paul says, for Jesus' sake, I am, I'm taking it my, in, him, in my body his death and I'm facing death. But this means that I'm going to know more and more of the real life. Listen to Jesus. John 12, 24. Unless a, wheat, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. It's it. That's all it is. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. In other words, what Paul is saying and what Jesus is saying is, do you want a super abundant life? Because I mean, that's the thing that's always tracking in our world, right? You want to have a super abundant, high quality life? Then Paul says, follow the way of the cross. Follow the way of the cross. Listen to a pastor. It's like what happens to an acorn. Do you know how much power is in an acorn? An entire huge tree can come out of one little acorn. And out of that one tree can come innumerable other trees. One acorn can fill a continent with wood. But it can't. If you keep the acorn in your pocket, it can't do anything. But if you put it in the ground and bury it, then life. So I hope you're tracking with me. Every Christian has this potential. Uh, we have the, ten, uh, the potential to be the walking dead, the good kind of walking dead. But it won't be released until death. Death through the patient killing off of a life void of gospel ministry. Because that's the context here. Advancing the gospel. Death in us will actually work life in others and life in us as well. It's the paradox, but it's true. So look at your Bible, verse 7. Paul says, I'm an old clay pot. I'm dying, but God's power is holding me. I've never been reduced to total hopelessness, never, because God's power is holding me. Verse 8, I'm perplexed, yes, but I'm not in despair. Verse 9, I've been persecuted and hunted like a wild animal. Verse 9b, I've literally been struck down. That's the force of the word there. I've been thrown prostrate by a heavy blow. I've taken a physical hit for Jesus, but I've never given up because I've never felt abandoned. God has never abandoned me, never. One translation says, they can knock me down, but they cannot knock me out. Now, how in the world can that be? How can I not lose heart facing that kind of thing? One reason power of Jesus Christ. We carry in our body his death 
so that his, his death, so that his power can be emanated out of it. And that's verse 10. I consecrate my suffering to the purposes of God. I care more about my soul and the soul of others than my body. And wonder upon wonders what happens. Jesus' life is in me. He's revealed in me. And there's a beautiful, profound tension in these verses, right? Because most of us, we're honest. We, we walk around in states of despair and despondency, and, and we, we want to try little tricks to, to make us feel better. Well, Paul won't have any of that. He says, I don't avoid suffering because God can use my suffering. I don't embrace suffering because it's evil. Why should I be hated for Jesus even though I am? But this suffering then becomes the servant of my joy. This suffering is unleashing the resurrected life of Jesus Christ and of all places, my wasting away body. And we're going to get to the last point, but before we get there, just, just know this. We may not say with any real conviction of all, do you see verse 16? Therefore, we don't lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. We cannot say that with any real conviction unless we are carrying the death of, uh, the, in our bodies, the death of Jesus Christ. If I'm not giving my life over to death for Jesus Christ, gospel ministry, then, then I can't say verse 16 with any real conviction, right? Because if I try to say verse 16 and not be in that work, then that's just kind of like empty, folky talk, right? Kind of folksy wisdom. It's, it's the kind of talk that middle-aged people around a porch table, right? I've come to grips with I'm getting older, and I can't do what I used to do. But praise God, I'm going to get another body someday. That is, is not this. It's not this. Okay, so Paul, I don't want to lose heart. In, in the thick of gospel ministry. I want to persevere, and I want to endure to the end. How is that going to happen? One, Jesus saved me by way of his grace. He gave me his very righteousness, and his mercy brought me to a ministry. I'm not going to lose heart. Two, I value my soul and the souls of others more than I bo- value my body. It's a paradox, paradox, It hurts, it hurts, but the resurrection of power of Jesus Christ is active in my life. Final point, brief, so that we don't lose heart, so that we won't give up, tap out, neglect our duty. Do not value your future over your present, right? Do not value your future in heaven more than you do your present on earth. The saddest people on the earth over the long haul will be those who value their present earthly life more than their future heavenly life. Paul knows this, right? So, so he towers over all his troubles, all those physical and mental troubles because of the gospel by remembering there's a greater glory coming. So the more he suffers for the gospel, the, the greater the persecutions, the greater the losses and the crosses, the greater his future glory becomes, and Paul is counting on that. Paul is counting on that. Verse 17, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us. What kind of troubles? Troubles, troubles? No, not troubles, troubles. Gospel troubles. Difficulties because of Jesus' troubles. And they're achieving for me an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. 
You see, when we value the future over the present, then it all becomes a matter of perspective. It's about seeing things. And listen carefully. You're not playing a con game with your mind. You are seeing things as they actually are. As they actually are. Look at your Bible, please. Verse 18. In my gospel pain, Paul says, we fix. The Greek word is, is scopi. I, I focus my eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. What is seen has a shelf life. Right? It's going to end, just like the service. It's going to end. <laughs> but, what, but what is unseen is forever. So let me just close by this. And I, by closing, I mean I'm really going to close. They're going to come seeing, but I'm going to close. So Paul has a scale, right? And on the scale, he puts all the persecutions and the sufferings and the sleepless nights and the foodless days and all the hits that he takes for Jesus because he's trying to expand the gospel. People mistreat him. People talk about him. But then, okay, he begins to think. All those decades of taking a pounding for the sake of the gospel will not compare for eternity, for eternity and the eternal glory that's going to come to me by way of Christ forever, forever, for the sake of of the gospel. You're thinking, people. You think that out. Paul, this is the reason why I will never lose heart. This is the reason why I will never collapse in this gospel work. Because I've given my whole self to gospel ministry. And the outward man does indeed suffer wear and tear, and it does hurt. But every day my inward man receives fresh strength and fresh grace. These little troubles, which are so fleeting, are winning for us a permanent, glorious, and solid reward. The ratio of my pain on earth, more than outvalued than my glory in heaven. For we are looking all the time, not at the visible things. And aren't we a, a culture that loves images right now? We are not looking all the time at the visible things, but the things that are invisible. The visible things are short-lived. They're very fleeting. It is the invisible things that are really forever. It makes you know how important Jesus Christ is. It makes you know how important that you have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. It makes you know how important gospel work is. It makes you remember that you're not losing a thing when you pour yourself into gospel ministry. You're not. It's all coming back. It's coming back in spades. Thanks for your attention. I'm going to invite the guys to come forward as I pray. We're going to take an offering for these gentlemen, so if the ushers can also come forward. I'm going to pray. We're going to listen to them sing, and then I'll dismiss us. And by the way, thank you for your patience this morning. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that like Paul, none of us here in Christ would ever lose heart, but that we would run, we would sprint, God, to the finish line and not hold up. May those who need Jesus be brought to a saving faith by the same grace that saved Paul and the same grace that saved the rest. 
In Christ's name we pray these things. Asking your fullest and blessed, best blessing over the food we're going to eat and the men that are here surrounding me now. For Jesus' sake, amen.